Alrighty, folks, Amber here. Now, do you maybe remember an interview I did very recently with Teamster Matt Maney? Something about a world historic election coming up with Teamster's leadership, huge change in the guard, that kind of thing. Well, they had their election and new leadership will take the wheel of the Teamsters Union on March 22nd. Members elected Sean O'Brien, Fred Zuckerman, and the insurgent Teamsters United slate to lead the 1.2 million member union over the old guard slate, which was, of course, assembled by outgoing Teamster president and business unionist extraordinaire James Hoffa Jr., little Jimmy. Uh, The Teamsters United victory was powered by years, and I mean years and years and years, of grassroots organizing, thanks in no small part to an organization you may have heard me mention on the show roughly like 8,000 times in my duration podcasting, um, Teamsters for a Democratic Union, TDU for short. Now, TDU is a nationwide network of rank-and-file Teamsters who want to take back the union and get the labor movement back in fighting shape. TDU and the Teamsters United campaign are all about going on the offense And this is North America's most powerful union. They've got deep roots at every point in the supply chain. We're talking package delivery, trucking, warehousing, rails, and airlines. So in 17 months, the largest union contract in the country, covering more than 300,000 workers at UPS, will expire. TDU and its UPS Teamsters United campaign is gearing up for a potential strike with the goal of reversing two-tier givebacks at UPS and igniting job actions and organizing across the supply chain, including Amazon. So that could be the kind of strike that makes me go silent, that I can't, I can't, it's so, I, 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 it's, look, it would be a good thing. It would be a good thing if that kind of strike happened. I would like that to happen and for it to be executed very well and for the labor movement to get a little goose, you know, but it won't happen without a lot of grassroots organizing and pressure from below. Now, if you want to help, you can join me in donating to TDU and its sister organization, TRF. And you can also buy a super cool vintage t-shirt, TDU, a cause worth trucking for rank and file power t-shirt online. So we will have the links to all of that uh, in the show description. And I hope that you will enjoy the return of Matt Maney, who's going to give us a little debrief on the elections and what we have to look forward to. Uh, Good fights ahead. Thanks so much in advance for buying one of these cute t-shirts and donating. All right, without further ado. Hey there, Shoppa listeners. Very special update today for all you maniacs. We have Matt Maney again, and here to talk about the Teamsters and their recent win, their election of TDU. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Good and you, Amber. Thanks for having me back. Pretty good. Thanks for coming on. You're a fan favorite. I think for starting out, you guys won. TDU won the, the election. Uh, I wonder if you want to talk about that sort of uh, the strategy, strategy or strategy. Talk about both. You feel like it. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, how uh, you got to the finish line. 
Well, the strategy paid off. Boots on the ground, fighting for rank and file power and getting people energized and empowered and getting those ballots back and getting those ballots back for us was uh, proven to get the job done. Uh, this was a huge victory for Teamsters for a Democratic Union. You know, uh, as they now have GEB seats, they have vice president seats, they have a lot of seats. And uh, that's a good thing for democracy within our union. And that's a good thing for the teams that's going through, uh, going into the future as uh, democracy will be the utmost importance. And taking on corporations, well, it's back. Where Mr. O'Brien is going to have a long agenda of what he's going to be doing against the upcoming UPS agreement, the upcoming beverage agreements, uh, construction building trades, all that is about to be taken in a new, transparent, more militant, democratic process with this union. And that's exactly what the rank and file wanted. They wanted to be empowered and they wanted to be militarized and they wanted to fight back and stand up against corporate America. Fantastic. Um, so I guess... If you could sort of refresh us on what the, the the platform kind of was, it was going to be a more aggressive uh, union or a more sort of uh, maybe not aggressive. Maybe we don't like to use those words or we pretend that we don't like to no, use those do. words. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but a more active union. Um, so not just uh, clinging for, you know, what what little uh, has been left from the vestiges of, of labor battles long since past, but but new fights. Right. Right. I mean, the, the, the dynamics of UPS and the 330,000 rank of files that are there that overwhelmingly rejected their contract last time and yet got caught in a loophole of a two thirds majority old rule and then basically had the contract crammed down their throats. So, you know, now, obviously, um, we changed those rules in the delegates. We voted to change the teams to the Constitution. We did so. We lived up to that end of that deal. Um, and we are now moving in the right direction. And we now have won the election since then. And now the general president, uh, who has a very good relationship with TDU and has a good relationship with the GEB and people that want to take boots on the ground and take on corporations. Well, we're right here and we're ready to do it. And there's a long line of, uh, of, of companies that we're willing to take on right now. Amazon being one of those companies, we have a, you know, general president has announced a huge campaign strategy that he's going to have against Amazon. Uh, and how we're going to go about doing that. And it's fantastic to see. I've been a teamster, you know, 30, 30 years, and I've never seen anything like this. The only one that came close to this but still wasn't quite at this level was Ron Carey. And, uh, it's even better than those days, and I remember that. And that those were wonderful days when Carey was general president. Well, I know TDU has been slowly <clears throat> building up its support and uh, came so close to winning last year. So we were like uh, – or, or last election – so I was like, this time they're going to get over the line. Um, but um, it's, been a, it's been a slow build. I will say, it's interesting, the turnout, it wasn't a huge shift from previous years. But, you know, like every other election in America, voter turnout is kind of slowly drifting away. Um, does TDU have sort of a plan to sort of invigorate and, you know, get people more involved? And um, because ideally, right, everyone would would want to vote for all of these elections and be be at least um, actively aware of the politics that are going on within the union. Right. I think the plan currently is basically to get people energized and get them involved and prove to them that you being a union member and being active within your union really pays off. And by showing them 
that this current administration is dedicated to every day doing the job, showing up, being held accountable, and earning their trust back, because that was a big deal, right? A lot of the rank and file felt like their trust was violated by the, uh, you know, the local union officials, which there's some truth to that. Uh, so, you know, that's a big deal. And 251 was a good example of that. When we took office, we basically earned the trust of the rank and file back to get more empowered, to get more energized and show them that we're here to serve them and we're here to work for them. So you've got a while before the next uh, contract renegotiation. Uh, when is that, by the way? Next year, UPS expires August 1. Right. So you're, you're uh, you know, laying down a, a lot of track. What are you planning on doing between now and then? Um, you know, what is TDU planning on doing between now and then to, to get prepared for this renegotiation? Well, we're going to do what we always do, right? We're going to reach out to the most active uh, members who want to get involved, who want to help their union uh, become a strong, powerful shop and try to energize and educate those members in the same process. And TDU, that's where TDU is the most valuable, is the education process of things. So finding these members, getting them educated, and getting them on the same page, and understanding what this fight is going to be all about. I think a good way of this is we're going to open up with the Cow Hall Division, uh, where their contract's up this year. So that will generate some real boots on the ground, getting people energized, building that network, and leading up into the UPS agreement. Cow Hall as you're well aware of, uh, under the old administration, was really neglected, got really a terrible deal. And, you know, we, the current incumbent, the current uh, general president, Sean O'Brien, is very committed to fixing a lot of those wrongs with Fred Zuckerman. And TDU is as well. And there is a large amount of rank and file power within that division that wants to get involved and energize. So that's a good starting point to build to bigger things. Yeah, that's great. Um, so it's also a particularly weird time to be a teamster with, with uh, supply chain things. You know, it seems like COVID is sort of like under control or whatever. I, I you know, it's 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 at least stabilizing in some way. But at the same time, I think uh, the American Trucking Association said there's a historic high shortage of 80,000 drivers. What are the teams just talking about with regards to that? What do you think about it? What's what's the internal debate, you know, within maybe your local or what have you heard? This is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I've been a truck driver for many years and uh, I've never seen anything like this. Um, there's a few big variables to why this is happening. One is that a lot of uh, younger kids who are coming up out of school that go to trade school don't necessarily want to drive truck and work 60, 70 hours a week, humping and lumping boxes. That's a big, big problem. Problem number two is the weedification of America, right? So there is a large amount of population that consumes marijuana on a regular basis because it's legal in a lot of states now. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the federal motor carrier doesn't allow that. And so if you're a truck driver, you can't smoke weed. So that's been a very big hiccup. And I'm not really sure how we get around that. I personally believe they should allow marijuana as a controlled substance and let people drive truck. I mean, and just develop a more accurate test to decide what's impairment is. And mm -hmm. I think, think that's where that lies now. Hopefully there'll be more information coming in the upcoming year. But again, truck driver, tough job, right? You're outside yeah. all day. You're alone. You work long hours. It's, it's not easy to get these people to understand that, yeah, you can make a lot of money doing this and you can live very well. But a lot of them just don't, you know, they're not interested in that type of stuff right now. So the plan is, is to go to states, 
like we did at Local 251 and like other locals have done and get get these trade programs to pay into the local unions and help train people that are seeking employment that want good prevailing wage jobs and train them through state funding and then put them out onto the road and mm-hmm. see if we could do that. Yeah, it seems like uh, there's going to have to be some kind of, you know, push and pull with the employers because again, it is a good job. It's it's getting more and more grueling and they're sort of trying to chisel away benefits, you, you know, expanding hours, that kind of thing. But also America over the last two years has become even more dependent on trucking as if that was possible. I mean, it's a huge country and we don't make a lot of stuff domestically anyway. So, you know, there's something's got to give at some point. Like we need our goodies. <laughs> yeah, no, something's got to give and they need to figure that out. And, and you hit it on the head, employers, 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 and a lot of employers are not willing, UPS being one of them, you know, they don't want to talk about conditions. They think, uh, well, you know, working somebody 70 hours a week is okay. No, it's not okay. Most people don't want to do that. They want to go home and within a 10 hour span and, and that's their day. They don't want to work 14, you know? So it, it starts with employers. It starts with some other law changes too, to understand that the times are changing and a combination of everything together, also talking about bringing workers' wages up uh, and making it even more money uh, because we need these jobs. If we don't have these people delivering these goods from the ports, now, you know, in California, look at those ports, they're destroyed. We don't have enough truck drivers to move the goods to and from. The rail systems are inundated with over goods. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a never-ending cycle that we can't seem to catch now because we don't have enough assets for the seats. Mm Mm-hmm. Last time we talked, you know, Build Back Better was still on the uh, on the docket. Um, people were very, uh, boy, oh boy, I hope <laughs> I hope we get some of this. Um, obviously, none of us were too optimistic that we get like a, a, a great deal for America's workers. But um, Biden has done some things. Um, I was wondering if you'd want to sort of like catch us up and sort of give us your um your evaluate grade Biden for us. <laughs> if you, you're in charge, you get to say how he's doing and why. I will say that Joe Biden has been very pro union and pro. He's probably the first president in our history, our lifetime, that has used the word union and fair wages as a as an opening statement from a president. I think he's done well with the Butch Lewis Act which was huge, which Lewis, in case anybody's listening, was a TDU man. And he was a man that had his pension sent and IOU to him. He fought and basically died in the process of fighting to save pensions. That that happened because of Joe Biden and because of the Democrats. They made that happen. And there are a lot of families in this country, Teamster families included, uh, that are, are grateful for that. There is a lot more work to be done, though. The PRO Act needs to happen. Uh, workers need more of advice. I am very impressed with what Joe Biden did with the NLRB and the way the direction he's taking the NLRB now, which is very pro-worker, very pro-union. It has stiffer penalties. It has a, a, a lot more teeth to the NLRB now than they ever had. And don't forget, we had an NLRB that was run by corporate America. Uh, that's basically what Trump did to our NLRB. So he is, overall, I give him a B plus right now. I think there's room to grow. I think he's surrounded himself with some very pro-union people, Marty Walsh being one of them. 
Uh, Marty's a great guy. He comes from the building trades. He knows what it is to be a rank and file or work his way up. So, you know, as long as Joe keeps doing those things, uh, America's gonna, American workers are going to be in a better place than they were under the orange clown, as I refer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, obviously, like, labor's relationship to electoral politics is, you know, widely varied across industry, um, across union, and even across, like, locals within the same union. Um, and Teamsters are very famously, like, idiosyncratic. They vote all over the place. Do you see much interest with TDU now sort of getting uh, an electoral focus to, um, I mean, obviously contract negotiation is probably a top priority, but do you see a shift in, um, you know, the Teamsters sort of relationship to electoral politics? I mean, obviously it's not uh, the old days where you'd have like some speech and sent someone out and say, all right, we're all voting for this guy. But, uh, you know, what's uh, what, what is there going to be a shift in the relationship? There kind of wasn't much one beforehand. I mean, it was people just weren't people just are very engaged with with their union. So it's, um, you know, for better or worse, there's not a lot of sort of like centralized decision making on that. I absolutely think that the, the that that both the IBT and TDU are going to be more focused on politics as a whole. Because we learned of anything from 2016 on, we learned that, you know, elections have consequences, right? And we know that if we don't protect our interests as workers, now that could be a Republican or a Democrat, by the way. It's not necessarily that we're staunched one side. Uh, it's whoever represents the interests of a worker and has legitimately voted that way for workers, we will represent and get behind. Uh, and I think there is a bigger role in that now because of Trumpism. We really learn that we are responsible as unions, locals and union, uh, to educate our members on the importance of what elections are, what's the process, why we're voting for this person, protect your interests. You know, the rich, the rich have no problem going to the ballot box and voting for their interests. The workers have to do the same. And that's where we come in. We had a, a long history of that prior to 1980s or so. And that's when the kind of we've lost touch of that. But we need to get back to that. And yes, the general president and TDU are very committed to doing that. Exactly that. I myself, my local included 251. We have a, an election committee that decide meets the candidates. We come in, we talk with them. We look at their voting past, what they believe in labor. We make them sign pledge cards to, to us that they say that they are pro worker, that they'll stand on these issues with us. You know, so we do all that now. Um, and it's important. It's absolutely important. And if we don't do that, we won't survive. So the fight's ahead. Obviously, there's a lot of local stuff going on on the ground. Um, here in California, there's like, I think, 400, the lo- local 400 in Huntington Beach. It's like uh, they're sanitation workers. They've been on strike for a very long time because they have incredibly long, arduous conditions. And it's a People don't get this like sanitation is a really unsafe job because you're getting off and on a truck all the time and have the compactor and bottles can explode in your face. There are all these uh, like little locals, um, you know, with their own sort of uh, battles going on. And, you know, they're obviously like UPS is the big boy. uh, But like what uh, I mean. Is there kind of a more of a, a unification that you're going for here? Obviously, you have the most active locals, but, you know, it's a huge country. 
and a huge union. And some of the, their teamsters in Canada, like, like, um, you know, what's the, what's the sort of idea going forward for having kind of a unified teamsters? Absolutely. Uh, if anything, General President O'Brien is all about unification of the whole entire union and quite often reminds the union that not just because we have 330,000 members at UPS, there are other members elsewhere, white paper agreements, as we refer to them, local contracts that need our support. The beverage division being one of them, right? Beverage division has been, has been slaughtered in the last you know, 10 years or so is really taking a beat. And those are a lot of white paper contracts with Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and your local mm-hmm. distributorships. We, we are definitely committed to getting boots on the ground and giving resources to each of those locals that need those resources to take on those fights. Uh, we know, being from Local 251, prior to Sean O'Brien being elected, we had no support. Uh, we've been on strike at Johnson Brothers now for uh, oh, 10 months. Uh, you know, brewery division, no response. Prior to that, we know with Sean coming in, there is going to be a response because we saw how he ran, handled the Joint Council 10 in New England and how he always had backup support and gave offered assistance and aid to all the locals in New England. That same concept that you saw in New England will be applied to the whole entire country where, hey, you got a battle going on in Seattle, Local 174 with the ready mix drivers right now. We're sending support. What does this local need to win this fight? How do we keep this contract? To an area standard or raise that standard for these guys. So it's definitely a top priority. We want to get all trades and all divisions of this union unified on the same page, working together and empowering them the whole process so that they understand that the union is only as good as they are. So again, it can be done. He's going to do it. I've seen him. I know how he is. He's a militant. He's a worker. He's got, he's a workhorse. He won't back down. Uh, and I'm just really, really confident, more confident than I ever been in all my years as a teamster up until today. This, this, this is really a game changer for the union. It's a game changer for workers in general, because if the teamsters, the mighty teamsters, and we are that, right? The mighty teamsters succeed, all unions succeed. And that's the other bridge that we have to reestablish. Like, having relationships with the building trades again, having a relationship with the AFL-CIO, yet reaching out to unions that we maybe haven't been doing so for whatever reason, but we need, we're all part of that community and we're all in this fight together. And he's definitely committed to that. That's fantastic. I mean, on that note, I don't know how you can, how you can top that as a closer. So, <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to be keeping an eye on the Teamsters and sort of keeping an eye on uh on, on, I guess, like UPS and what, what they're doing. Obviously, uh, a lot of attention is going towards Amazon right now. That's on the horizon. We should talk more about that another time. But right now, I just have to say, you know, congratulations. I, I am incredibly excited about this win. I do think uh, this, is, this is the beginning of something, uh, you know, something old and something new. Uh, right. Yeah, definitely is. And TDU is TDU is what TDU is what made this possible for me in my life. So I want to stress that to your listeners that TDU is a is a symbol of democracy. It's a symbol of education, and it has an, an and the general president understands that those people who use TDU to educate themselves are valuable resources to this IBT union. And 
I can't I can't thank TDU enough for my life, what it's done for me. And I hope that if you're not a TDU member, you join TDU because TDU changed my life. Right. And our uh, our lovely podcast listeners uh, can make a donation to TDU. Uh, we will have a link for that uh, and the episode description. And we will be absolutely sure to keep you abreast of uh, of, of Teamster uh, news. Uh, it's it's all happening, folks. Uh, thank thank you, you so much, Matt Maney. Thanks, Amber. Stay warm. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.